Welcome to this next episode of Unlock the Leader's Code with leadership enthusiast Tio Kang, serving solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, and intrapreneurs to lift them up to their highest level of potential. Without further ado, here's your leadership coach, Tito Kang. Aloha, friends. This is Tito Kang, your host on Unlock the Leader's Code Live. Glad to have you on board. If you're listening to this now, you're probably listening on a podcast, a rebroadcast of what I do live on Facebook. If you want to connect with me on Facebook or watch it, we go from Monday to Friday, 8.30 a.m., and we go and discuss various aspects of leadership. And this time, we're doing a 20-day blitz, 21-day blitz into the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And we are at law number 10. Some of you might have been following through the books. As you know, I just pick parts of the books that I like and share it with you in terms of my learnings and give some of my personal experience. So today is the law of connection. And I'm, as I talk about today, it's January 20th, where President Trump is going to be inaugurated into the White House. And it's interesting because the law of connection is something that President Trump has really, really mastered in order to get him to overcome most of the pundits in regards to the election he really surprised everyone to have won at such a higher margin on top of uh, winning all the electoral colleges down in the U.S. Now, I am from Canada. We, we are affected because there was our neighbors in down south, and I'm looking forward to the next four years to see how this continues to evolve, how it's going to change, because change always happens. That's one thing that is clear, right? So the law of connection. John shares a couple of actually of a of examples inside the law of connection. The example that he shares is two instances where President George W. Bush has really got into great connection, respecting the law of connection, which is when he handled 9-11, and after that, how he handled Katrina. So two very distinct situations where in one instance, President Bush really embraced and really respected the law of connection and in the other instance for Katrina totally disregarded the law of connection therefore leading to a fairly disastrous component not just President Bush but a lot of the leaders during that that situation so John talks to us about a couple of things he says that people when you look at the law of connection overall is that people really don't care how much you know. They really want to know how much you care. They don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. That's a key part, isn't it? Most of the times when new leaders come into a new position or seasoned leaders come into a new situation where they have to lead a new team, they come with a with a set agenda, their 100-day priority, and have a set of actions or activities that they're going to take. They have all these one-on-one meetings, and they get straight down to the business. Maybe that's you. I know that when I was an average leader, that's what I did, because I had my plan. I had to produce. I had to perform. I had to prove to my superiors that I was capable. What I've come to learn is that I can only be capable if my team trusts me. And if they trust me, I need to know, I need to show how much I care. So first, this was taught to me 
by the, my president at Starbucks Coffee Canada, Colin Moore, awesome, awesome leader. And he said, first you start with the heart. And that's what John says. A leader first connects with the heart. So every time I now coach, I guide the executives that I coach to really connect to the heart first. So there's three parts if you want to get anything done. You want to connect with the heart. After that, you can connect to the head. Most leaders will come in and want to be logical in how they want to approach something so they connect to the head. But if you connect it with the head, which is how much you know, and you haven't connected with the heart, show how much you care, people really truly won't listen, and you won't be able to lead. So for your new season, your new leaders that are out there, heed the call. What are you going to do to connect with the heart? What questions can you have? So the question would be, Tito, how do I connect with the heart? Well, first and foremost is a couple of things. John offers this too, and this is what I believe by experience has also I've put into action and has created results for me. So for you to consider, the first point is, first you have to connect with yourself. You have to be confident in what you believe in. You have to have faith. You know, I've talked about most Supi leaders will have unshakable faith unshakable confidence that meaning that they believe in what they're setting you have to be strong in regards to that in the law of respect if you were not confident in what you wanted to achieve if Harriet Tubman was not confident in her role in truthfully guiding all the slaves up north and get them there securely and safely and alive without jeopardizing the Underground Railroad if she wasn't confident about that it wouldn't happen the second part is that you have to communicate with openness and sincerity. How do you communicate with openness and sincerity? You have to show some vulnerability, some authenticity. Now, there's a caveat to that. What I've come to learn is that sometimes you can be open, but you'll be open too fast. So you have to heed the law of timing. You have to ensure that what you see is it the right time? You have to lead the law of timing, the law of intuition to know that if this is the right time because when I was too open and I was really sincere, people, it actually backfired on me because people didn't think I was sincere because it couldn't be real. It couldn't be real that a leader could be that open, that I was faking it. So it was a double-edged sword. So I heed, I tell you, take your time to really see. Listen with your two eyes, listen with your two ears, to ensure, notice the body language. The third point is you have to know your audience in order to connect. You have to know your audience. You know, if you're going down and you want to connect with farmers, you don't show up in a three-piece suit set for Wall Street. It's not going to connect. It's going to communicate a different language. So before you head out and communicate, know who your audience are. It goes down to how do they dress? How do they speak? What stories do they have? So it's good. As a speaker, you want to get as much information from the audience and whoever you're connecting with, if you're doing speaking engagements, you want to get as much information from the person that's hiring you about the audience and learn what, where they are, their stories, so that you can serve probably and add value. The fourth point is you have to live your message. So if you have a message, you have to live it. If I'm about happiness... That's one of the key thing about me. One of my major talks is life, LOL, the seven transformationals to happen. 
there's transformational approaches to happiness, and I don't show up happy, it's not going to bode well. The sincerity, the authenticity, it's not going to be there as well. So you have to live your message. Now, some people live the message, don't get me wrong, some people live the message where they are a really a tyrant, and they live that message really fully well. Depends, again, on your set of values. If it works for you, that's fantastic. If it doesn't, and it doesn't get you to where you want to go in, the, in your next step in your journey, in your next milestone, then you have to change. You have to raise your lid. Number five, you have to go to where they are if you want to connect. So a lot of folks, I mean, there was one executive that I heard that had actually when he took over from Merrill Lynch, the CEO of Merrill Lynch, forgot his name. It's escaping me right now. But then the story goes like this, is that he actually had an elevator built so that he could go into the elevator from his car into his office without having to come across the, the people, the employees that work at Merrill Lynch. He didn't want to be bothered, right? In some instances, people were told at Apple not to talk to Steve Jobs. Now, contrast that to the... CEO of Japan Airlines who had lunch with his team and waited in line as well. Contrast that to when I went to Seattle and I had lunch, I could have Howard come sit beside me, Howard Schultz, or sit beside somebody else. You could see that he would go around and stop in. Got to go where your audience or your followers are. It's important. You have to focus on them, not yourself. You have to, be, to have a servant leadership mentality willing to serve, to add value. So how do you do that? You have to ask questions. What is it that they need? The biggest lessons that I've learned as a leader, and I've guided many other leaders from there, is that your role as a leader is to remove all the obstacles that your team encounters so that they can do the job. That's your role, main role. Number seven, you got to believe in them. So if you're going in and you have a bunch of followers and you have that one non-performer and you don't believe how, that they can perform at a highest level, you're not going to be able to connect to their heart. They're going to see right through you. Even if you say, hey, how are you doing? But you're not, you don't have that connection. So you have to find and create this ability inside of you to find the greatness in someone. Because in everybody, there is something great. In everybody, in you too, there is something great. Things might not be going well right now, but I tell you, if you dig deep down, if I sat down with you, I will be able to pinpoint something that is great about you today. And number eight, the last one, is you have to offer direction and hope. As a leader, you must have the vision. You must set where you're going. Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about the leaders as he, that he has encountered in his lifetime. And as the governor of California, let me tell you, he's encountered a lot. And as a star, a high-rated Hollywood star as well. What he's noticed is that the super leaders have a vision. They know where they are going. And of course, the ability to provide hope. Now, hope is not a strategy, and that is true. However, I strongly believe that hope is the seed that creates the vision that leads to the strategy. So if you had no hope, how can you set a vision? So the results are what? John shares a couple of results. One of the results that I love is really the connection that Herb Kelleher, the CEO of Southwest Airlines, created with his team. He created a connection so tight that he was behind him. He really 
exuded all these eight things that I just mentioned. That one, the airline was in trouble, or when the economy was more in trouble, the employees took an ad out to thank him for what he's done for them. And I'm sure that the CEOs like Jim Senegal had the same thing for the people whose lives he's been able to touch. But at the end of the day, a leader is a servant, first and foremost, to make sure that his or her followers achieve the dreams that they want to get to. I hope if this was helpful, if it was, please like, share, and comment. I love to hear from you how you're being a servant leader, what you are practicing, what you're putting into action yourself. So you can leave a comment down below here uh, on the Facebook Live, or you can send me an email at info at and share with me your personal story. Love to hear from you. So please like, share, and comment. This is Tito saying aloha, mahalo. Until I see you next time, live and in person, lead on, make every day bandages, and as always, Here's to your prodigious success. Hi, this is Tito. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Unlock the Leader's Code. For more codes unlocked, don't hesitate to go to www.titokang.com. Feel free to like, share, and comment. I love to hear what you think about what we shared with you.